You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to the Banners Broadcast. I'm Chris Grenham, and with me, as always, founder, CEO, CLNS Media, Nick Gelso. Nick, what's going on, man? Yo, Chris, what's up? The Celtics, two games in the bucket, one and one. That's right, one and one. Finally, we're we're underway. There's been plenty of reactions, plenty of overreactions. We got an Al Horford injury. We got a Gershon Yabuzeli game-winning bucket. We got kind of a lot to uh, kind of a lot to unfold and kind of pick apart here, but it's. Let's let's keep in mind that it is just the preseason, so let's not <laughs> don't get too let's excited. Not get too excited, but <laughs> but give me your immediate reactions here. We had Game One on Friday. The Celtics lost at Chapel Hill at the Dean Dome. Uh, they lost one hundred four ninety seven, but then they came back last night. We're recording this on Monday morning. Uh, they came back last night to win a close one, one fifteen to one twelve against Charlotte. So, what are your immediate reactions from those first couple games? Quick reactions, Chris. The offense looks very good. The mm-hmm. defense looks subpar. I think Brad Stevens would agree with you. I think, I think he's been extremely frustrated with the defense because we know this team is a good defensive team. Right. And I think it's it's a matter of adjustments, and you're bringing back Kyrie. Kyrie's not the best defender, but right. you know he does give it effort. Mm-hmm. Gordon is an under, underrated defender, and you saw on Sunday night that chase down block was uh, kind of reminiscent of LeBron, if you want to go that far, with the guy who just fixed his foot. <laughs> yeah, that was, a pretty, that was a pretty impressive play, and we'll get to Hayward a little bit later in the episode. But, I mean, that is, you know, a chase down block is, I don't want to say a, a reckless play, but it's a play where you have to be pretty reliant on your body. So it was good to see Hayward be able to do that. And he said post-game last night that it was basically just instinct, you know, which is good, the fact that he's going through some of this stuff, not really thinking about it, and obviously... A lot of that mental stuff is going to take a little while. But like you mentioned, he was pretty good on defense. Terry Rozier was active on the defense. Uh, yeah, end and he was well. great on offense, too. Yeah, um, so so that depth is coming through. But, you know, last week at training camp, Stevens was asked if he thought the defense was, you know, developing well, and he replied simply no. So no. I, don't think he's, I don't think he's too happy with it. And he didn't seem too happy with it again last night. But, again, that's why it's the preseason, and, and so we'll get going. But, you know, while we're on the Gordon Hayward topic, Let's stick with him and Kyrie. Obviously, they're both recovering from some pretty major injuries here. Um, and Gordon has, has said multiple times it's going to take some time for him to shake off the rust. Uh, but Kyrie, on the other hand, has looked pretty good, um, particularly in the beginning of the first game on Friday night. So how do you think those guys have looked uh, in their first yeah, early I mean, returns? Uh, I, uh, Gordon aside, I mean, because it's hard to appraise a guy after a major injury 
two games back. I mean, this is a whole new team for him. He never played a, really a minute with these guys. Right. Uh, where Kyrie, he, he looks confident. He's attacking uh, the basket. He's, you know, making de- launching jumps. He just looks terrific. I mean, 20 points on Sunday. Uh, and the thing I like about Kyrie, too, is it's he's got that off the court. He really is, is focused in on praising his teammates and the yeah. leadership role has been, you know, phenomenal. And particularly like Robert Williams last night, he he just gushed over him. Yeah. Which was nice. And, was. and so Kyrie looks great, I think. Yeah, and it was nice. He you know, he logged twenty nine minutes last night, which was pretty impressive. He said after the game that he basically looked at Brad Stevens in the third quarter and said, you know, let me let me finish this one out and then he kinda docked in his uh his day off on Tuesday against Cleveland. So we won't be seeing Kyrie Irving on Tuesday night, but we'll be seeing him later on in the week when they travel to Cleveland to face the Cavaliers on Saturday. Uh, but again, you talk about Kyrie praising his teammates, and a lot of that has to do with the depth that this team has. And obviously, Celtics fans have heard it all offseason. This is probably one of the deepest Celtics teams ever. It's, in my opinion, the deepest team by far in the NBA. And we saw a lot of rotations last night where you'd have Terry Rozier on the court alongside Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward, which is you know three guys who can be the primary ball handler and, and run the offense. And I think that gives... A coach like Brad Stevens, a lot of flexibility, and it's, yeah. it's, you know it's dangerous for a, a mastermind, kind of like him, or like a genius, as Kyrie Irving called him. So, what do you see with those three guys out on on, on the court, and what, what do you think that really kind of opens up for this team going? Uh, it opens up Brad Stevens to be able to be in basketball heaven. I mean, the dude just <laughs> loves that. he loves the flexibility. He loves small ball. They play a lot of small ball on Sunday. Yeah, and uh, I mean that lineup. They're fast. They move. They, even with Kyrie, maybe a, a little bit on not the best defender of the three, but mm-hmm. the two good defenders. They get, and and uh, Rozier is coming off the bench, like chucking like he's Vinny Johnson, or you know, going, <laughs> you know, yeah. bringing back names. But I mean, or Eddie House back in the day. I mean, he's just chucking up shots. So it gives Brad Stevens the the, the flexibility, and it makes other teams change their lineup, it which does. I think is. Yeah, I think that then you get your opponents playing your game, and I think that's a lot of what happened uh, Sunday night. The Celtics trailed a bunch of that game, and then they they put it in in put in their style of play, made the Hornets change, and you saw the difference. Right, and with that flexibility comes you know you know last year Kyrie Irving obviously didn't have Gordon Hayward alongside of him, mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't realize that when he was in Utah. Hayward played a lot as the primary ball handler there. Right. And so last night, you know, when he has the ball at the top of the key and he drives into the paint and draws two or three defenders towards him, he can kick out and Kyrie can have a nice open three, which he didn't have as much last year because defenders weren't being drawn to someone like Gordon Hayward. And then you well, add in someone like Terry Rozier into the equation, who's also a primary ball handler who can score the ball and clearly run the offense as we saw last season. It's a really dangerous combination. And, and it showed on the defensive end too because they've got that that perimeter defense kind of locked in and uh, Terry and, and Gordon specifically had those active hands on the ball. So it was, it was great to see. And again, like you said, it's basketball heaven for a coach like Brad Stevens and it. it's dangerous. Fans also have to realize uh, Chris too, that Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, this is a whole new team, but Kyrie Irving is getting Rozier and, and, and Tatum and Brown. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. They were good all last season, but in Kyrie's absence is where they really stepped up. Rozier, mm-hmm. uh, Tatum, and Brown became the primary guys. And now, so Kyrie's coming into a game where uh, his roster is the guys alongside of him are way more advanced than they were, say, prior to March when, when Kyrie went down last year. I mean, those. 
those guys just blossomed in the playoffs. Completely, if you, yeah. If you look at the Celtics one through six or seven, I mean, probably Brown is the only guy that cannot initiate the offense without us all going, you yeah, know, fearing right. a, a turnover. Right. But everybody else, including Al Horford, could – could initiate the offense. They could drip, they could move the ball. They all spread the court. I mean, again, this is heaven for Brad Stevens. Right, and it's an absolute matchup nightmare for opposing coaches. And you and you look at a guy. Uh, you mentioned Jason Tatum. So he got off to kind of a slow start last night in the Celtics' second preseason game on Sunday night. Uh, but then he went through this crazy stretch in the second quarter where I think he yeah. scored 13 points in like three minutes. And that's the thing that you know he can you can unlock that kind of scoring so quickly, and it can come from anybody so I think that's going to be a theme kind of throughout this season is that every night it's going to be someone different whether it's a quick stretch like that from Tatum whether it's Marcus Morris coming off the bench and having 20 or Terry Rozier doing the same they're so deep that the points are going to be coming from everyone in different nights and I think that really makes it a brutal matchup for other teams and it really opens it up for Brad Stevens I know I'm being repetitive there but it really does not to come full circle here but it also shows when you have guys like Kyrie mm-hmm. rooting for his teammates, when a guy like Kyrie who had a reputation of being, you know, a ball, ball you know, ball dominant chucker, he now is praising and wanting his teammates to to score and get touches, and that that culture of selflessness can spread so quickly that the rest of the, the Eastern Conference better watch out because if if you start getting that passing machine going. There are so many options. We're gonna have a lot of fun watching this team this year, Chris. Yeah. And, well, you know, one other thing you mentioned, Tatum. I swear to God, we were sitting together in the press box. I think we both just tweeted out Tatum over five from the field or over six <laughs> from the field, right. and then he goes on that run. And it was reminiscent again preseason game, but it was reminiscent of some of the runs he went on in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, it's it's been oversaid, but I I, I can't. I can't even think about Jason Tatum's future because I get so excited. Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible, and he looked good for that stretch last night. And some of that Kobe work in the offseason was yeah. showing off early. He was taking a couple a couple dribbles in and settling for those yep. long twos. So maybe a little Kobe there. We'll see if Brad Stevens tries to shake that off of him. I'm sure. I'm sure he will. But you <laughs> met, you mentioned Kyrie talking about his teammates and kind of playing the role of a cheerleader. You know, we heard a lot about that during the playoff run when he was out, and he's been talking a lot about his teammates in the press scrums and in the locker room after some of these games. What did you think about the bench unit last night? I mean, obviously, BWA has kind of taken on a, a mind of its own, and it's kind of, you know, gained it's a kind lot of getting, traction. It's kind of getting overdone. It's, it is a little It is. It is a little bit. It is a little bit. But We're part of it. I, we I are. can't say we're not part of it. We are. We are. I'm, I'm definitely I'm getting a proponent tired of, of that. It's, uh, but, but, again, that's a, that's a deep lineup, and uh, they looked pretty good last night again. Yeah. It's preseason, so we're seeing a much deeper bench rotation than we normally would. You have, you know, Robert Williams with a game-saving block, and then Gershon Yabuzeli with the game-winning bucket. So I doubt we'll be seeing that in the regular season. But what do you think Maybe about those guys? Maybe up in Maine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Hey, hey, if you're if you're you know up in northern New England, make it to a Maine Red Claws game they're this fun. season because they're going to have a good lineup and they're going to have some fun rotations this year. So that's going to be a good team to watch if you're if you're a G League fan. But what do you think about the bench guys? Yeah, time? I mean, you could go back to to years past where you'd say, oh no, you know, Doc has to sub or right. or Stevens has to sub. This year, I I don't really. There's so many different combinations they could put together, or they could just go flat A B lineup. And you saw it last night where they're not going to lose a lead. Now, you mentioned it uh, in the segments, the video segments we did after the game in 
uh, on Friday is that, you know, you, you do worry about touches. Are they going to come into the game and everybody's just going to be launching shots to get their points in? Maybe initially, but that's really the only concern I have about that bench unit. Um, last year, you know, with Morris being injured to start, mm-hmm. uh, of course, you know, Gordon going down or, or game one, you know, the, the bench thinned out pretty quick and Stevens will be forced to play combinations, including the starting lineup, which you'll see him do this year too. But there was no real differentiation between the first and second unit right. this year. I think there's going to be, and I think it gives him so much confidence and comfort to be able to rest guys like Gordon Kyrie and Al who, by God, I mean, he better, and he's good at this, but he better manage minutes going into the postseason because the Celtics need all three of those guys, you know, not just to, to you know, compete with Golden State, but to, first of all, get out of the Eastern Conference. Right, full gear, yeah. right, yeah. Yeah, and again, there's there's depth in ways that they can do that, you know, starting guys like Baines and, and Morris for games. I'm sure we're going to see most of that. They did run small the last couple of nights. They'll run small a majority of the time this season, but in matchups against teams like Philadelphia, I'm sure we'll see Aaron Baines get some starts as he's been yep. a pretty good matchup against Joel Embiid, and, and it'll vary. But the nice thing is... You love Philly. As we've, don't get me started there. Don't 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 get me started on Ben Simmons in Philly. That's a whole other episode for... A, yeah. We'll get around that on opening day. You'll hear plenty from me in that regard. Um, changing gears a little bit, it's kind of been talked about a lot on social media and we were there last night to see it we've got new lighting at the td ah. garden and and it is it sounds like kind of a lame thing to talk about but it's completely noticeable um so what the garden did is they're now going with the theater lighting which is if any of you have been to staples center or madison square garden it's the dark uh in the cavernous areas of the stands the stands are darker and the court is more illuminated. So if you're sitting up top, you can really notice the difference where the stands are pretty dark and the court is very bright. I thought last night when we were sitting up top in the halo that the court looked really good. I thought it looked very cool. And I didn't really notice it in terms of watching it on a TV feed um, later on that night. But when you look at the press photos from you know USA Today and Getty Images and what have you, you can tell the difference for sure. It looks very different. So did you like the lighting yeah. last night? What did you think about the difference? Yeah, I mean... I thought it was noticeable the minute I walked into the arena. Yep. I mean, it, down on floor level, it's very noticeable. Yeah. I, I didn't think in the halo. I mean, besides the fact that the, the, the halo being the press box, besides the fact that the, the court is really illuminated more so than ever, I still think you could see the fans. I'm mixed on this, man, because, uh, you know, I'm an old school fan. I, I, lo- I, lo- I love the Bruins yellow seats. I, they remind me of the old garden. Mm-hmm. I think part of the garden is the fact that, or what makes it special is the fact that you could see the fans. Right. Um, now we, we thought maybe it was a leak. We did a segment on this following the game last night, a video segment. We thought maybe it was the, the league, uh, making everybody do this. But I, I saw from Clevis from the, the athletic that no, it's not a league thing. So yeah. the Boston Celtics and the Bruins had decided, or maybe just the Bruins cause they own the building. They decided this is what they want to do. And, and I, you know, I mean, I, I'll get used to it, but, and I, I think it looks gorgeous, but it does take, I said last night that Toscano, every, every, every arena has its own personality in the NBA and it does take some of that personality away from, from the garden. But I mean, look at the outside, man. I mean, I I just, the outside of the garden, I know it looks completely different. It's It's, so different. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I was almost like took a double take, like, where am I now? The sides still look the same, but the front is totally different. 
And, you know, I mean, it sounds like a funny thing for us to talk about, but I think it's relevant because a lot of our listeners are outside of the Boston area. Some of them outside of the country have never been to Boston Garden. So, right. yeah, I, I'm curious to see what it looks like on TV. Yeah, I am You said too. you saw it. I, yeah, I watched a little bit of some, of some highlights um, through the NBA stats site last night, and I was – and I could notice the difference a little bit, but more so when they were changing cameras, you know, panning onto the court mm-hmm. and from the court level. I couldn't really tell. The court looked a little bit brighter, but nothing drastic. We, uh, you know, Jimmy Toscano asked Kyrie about it post game last night, and and he said he didn't mind it. He couldn't really tell the difference. You know, obviously when he looks up in the stands, he said he did when he immediately got onto the court, and he couldn't see any of the fans. He compared it to a football stadium, kind of with the ring of lights up top. And right. then just shining down, you can't see any of the fans. He said he would like to see some of the fans, but in terms of their play, it doesn't really impact the players. He did say, however, if he has a poor shooting night, he might reference back to it and maybe blame it on blame it on the new lighting. But I think um, I think you know he framed it in a very Kyrie answer as saying, you know, it's more like a performance, and we're here to perform. And we know Kyrie likes that, yeah, so. yeah. And he and he <laughs> liked it, so it was kind of an interesting take on his part. But you gotta love Toscano. I mean, he always asks the the question that no one really thinks of asking. I think he always asks kind of off color questions and the players love it because I think they're tired of hearing. So how do you feel? How's the knee? You know, that kind of stuff. And you saw Kyrie kind of light up when he was talking about it and it is different, man. I mean, I'm, I'm a lifelong Celtics fan, so I guess it's going to take some getting used to because it reminds me of yes, Madison square garden and uh, probably Barclays staples, but really reminds me of the, the old forum yeah. and even the spectrum in Philadelphia. And those are, you know, dreaded places for old school Celtics fans. So right. you know, we'll see how it uh, turns around. I mean, it does, it does look theatrical. It does completely. It does. And I think that is, I think that is the goal. And I'm sure there are some sort of, you know, I'm sure there's a list of benefits for whether it be cameras or photographers mm-hmm. or that sort of thing, but that's a real deep dive. No for question. It. Boxing would look terrific in there now. Boxing would, because it has that like MGM grand sort of mm-hmm. look with the dark mm-hmm. stands. Yeah. It'd be pretty cool, but I'm sure you'll begin to notice it uh, as the season goes on. For those of you watching on TV and when you take your first trip of the year to the, to TD garden, you will, uh, you will notice it. And maybe that will be on Tuesday. So Tuesday night is the next Celtics uh, preseason game, game three of four on the schedule. So they go back to back against Cleveland. They go Tuesday at eight o'clock, and then Saturday at seven thirty, and then it's until October sixteenth will be the a home long opener. Break. Long break. It's the front loaded preseason schedule. Um, we did mention earlier. Just a quick update on Al Horford. Um, he's not concerned about his wrist. It said he hurt it in, at some point in the first quarter of Friday night's game. Didn't feel too great last night. And so he thought he'd give it a rest. He said he'll be good to go on Tuesday. So, and if you notice, I mean, Al in that in that first quarter in particular, he was pretty bad on Friday night. I think he, he had like he two or three turnovers. Times, yeah, yeah, he was bobbling the ball, so the the wrist was was definitely hurting him. But you got to love Al. I mean, he's always available pregame and yep. good update. He'll be there Tuesday. I don't know if we'll see Gordon. We know Kyrie's not going to be there. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be think, surprised if we don't see Gordon. I, but I kind of think we won't. But again, you know, maybe they do want to get him some reps to try and get him back into, uh, you know, full game shape and, and mentally in game shape. But he did play a decent amount of minutes the last two nights, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him like Kyrie. Anyway, Chris, I... We have a we have a we're powered today. We have a sponsor. Powered. Uh, yeah, man. We got power one in one hundred. It's a brand new way to get involved in sports and, and concert events. Boston sports fans, they can get killer seats to see Celtics, Bruins, Patriots, 
or Red Sox, for the price of a beer or even a large pizza, it could even be less, Chris. People are tired of p- paying inflated broker prices for, for tickets. And now with oh, one in 100. Fees, rightfully so. Oh, dude. I mean, how about when they, never mind. I'm not going to back it. Go to one in 100.co. That's one in 100.co. O-N-E-I-N, the number one, the number zero, the number zero, dot co now how are you going to forget that that's a unique url and there the novelty in one in 100 you'll know is that there's no other place online that's doing online raffles for tickets and sporting events like they are it's a totally brand new way to get involved try to get tickets uh, to concerts sporting events even to our celtics so the cost potentially to score tickets with one in 100 is a small fraction of the actual ticket price Score a pair of tickets for less than the cost of a beer. Your first raffle ticket is free after sign-up. So, dude, you could even get into these games or concerts for free. I'm in the Elton John raffle right now because I cannot believe they're charging $300 yeah, for balcony seats at TD Garden. That's crazy. <laughs> so I got in the raffle for, like, I think 6 bucks at 1 in 100. So go over, experience it. It's, ex- it's really fun and it's exciting. You can pick your own number. Get the feeling of potentially scoring premium tickets. If you're feeling lucky, go on over to onein100.co. That's O-N-E-I-N, the number one, the number zero, the number zero, dot C-O. Dude, they have been all over our programming, a really good partner of ours. So if you're a fan of the Banners broadcast or any CLNS programming, please check them out. Check them out. Onein100.co. Check them out. And it could be extremely useful this season with high demand for Celtics tickets going forward. Obviously, the Celtics are one of the best teams in the NBA this year, so you know tickets what? will not be Dude, cheap. you know what Miriam told me last night? What? Is that they are selling selling the uh, the Halo more so than ever to fans. That's how much in demand Celtics tickets are and how sold out they are. I mean, they are by far talking to PR uh, Celtics PR. I mean, right now the enthusiasm around this team is incredible. And though we did not see it last on Sunday night, you saw it on media day with even the national media attention. Right. We're going to see it all season long. I'm going to, so. I'm going to, I'm going to be honest last night at the garden towards was the eerie. end of that game. It was pretty loud in the garden. Yeah, it was, it was pretty loud in the game tying bucket. And that last like three minute stretch where it was a real back and forth. I was very impressed by the half-filled garden with the enthusiasm. And again, the oh, fans even are just, the waiting for this team. Yeah, I know. And yeah. you rarely see that during a preseason game. So I was I was pretty impressed with the preseason crowd. But again, it's just leading towards October 16th, which everyone has been waiting for, I feel like, since you know late June. It's just slowly but surely crawling. But we're right there. We're 16 days away. We're so, so close. And uh, Nick, we'll be there tomorrow night right at the, the garden. Yeah, man. And, yeah, uh, You'll be at practice today. I'll be at practice today. So we'll have you covered at CLNS Media, at Celtics Blog. You can follow me on Twitter, at Chris Grenham. You can follow Nick at CLNS underscore Nick. And That's Nick, I'll, uh, I'll see you tomorrow night at the Garden, man. Yeah, man. Game time, 8 p.m. Let's do it.